Welcome to the Adrian Hipster Watches The Boys. In this series, we go headfirst into season one, or at least the first four episodes, and then we are obsessing <laughs> over season two. Let's meet the Bingers. From Austin is comedian Gabby Matemayor. How are you doing, Gabby? What's up, Bob? I'm so good. I'm great. And from Portland, from her brand new house, it is Tiffany <laughs> Esco. How are you doing, Tiff? I am good. And I am Bob Serrano, and you very well might know me from the Aging Hipster Network, but chances are you don't. But that's okay, because we are here, and we are here to talk about the boys. So before we really get off into this, right off the bat, I have a couple of requests. First, please like, review, subscribe to this podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you may get your favorite podcast. And please write into the Aging Hipster Network at gmail.com. With all of your questions, uh, criticisms, nitpicks, and all that kind of stuff, aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com, because we will read everything. Everything. We're that desperate. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, I so I have watched The Boys through at least, I would say, two and a half times. But um, Tiff and Gabby are both pretty brand new to to the universe and all of this kind of stuff. So, I guess... I'm I'm interested in what you guys, uh, your first impressions were. I have one take that I would like to keep at the top because I don't think anybody who's talked about the show, and I've heard a lot about this show, I've heard great things, people have told me I would enjoy it, and when I hit play on the first episode and I started watching it, my number one complaint slash, like, why didn't anyone tell me that Chase Crawford is in this show? Yes. It's Gossip Girl? Is that a complaint? Gossip Girl? No, it's not a complaint, but like no one fucking told me if you had said, hey, Nate from Gossip Girl is like one of like the superheroes of the show would have been like, "Uh, yeah, I'll watch that when I'm like going to bed and like doing what I do when I go to bed. You know, like I would have watched the show full year ago had I known that Chase Crawford was one of the leads of the show. And that's my statement. He's a. He's great in it. He's so pretty. He had. He does no right to be that pretty. I like that they finally made him an asshole a little bit. Like, that was nice to see that the deep is kind of like a douche and like a little bit dumb. But he's still dumb. Like, he always plays a dumb character. He's really good at it. He wasn't dumb enough in Gossip Girl for my, like, he was too boring. Like, dumb, if, if you're dumb enough, it's at least interesting. Like, how did you, like, how has life allowed you to be this dumb? But, like, if you are, if you, mediocrity is boring, stupidity is at least interesting in the fact that it is remarkable in how stupid you are you know so what, <laughs> yeah. what was he in gossip girl i've never seen gossip girl was he one of the guys that just kind of stared and like so he with, was with watery um, eyes he was nate uh oh what nate. Was nate? archibald what was archibald oh nate archibald he was um like he dated the uptight girl in high school um, and then he like kind of wilded out after that. He dated like the rowdy girl from Brooklyn. And then he dated like the young, like hot, sexy thing that was like three years younger than them. She was a freshman and he was like a junior or senior. In college um, or in like, high school? High she, school. So he was a senior Ooh. in high school. She was like a freshman or maybe a sophomore. I remember those relationships. Yeah. It's like you'd see the mm-hmm. guys. It's it's just like those. You remember those nature documentaries where the wildebeest are crossing the the river and there's all those crocodiles like the senior boys were like crocodiles and they're just like (laughs) it's literally i mean man it's literally what it was and then like he basically (laughs) was like a a townie of like new york society like he just like he like kind of went to nyu but like not really like 
He like worked for the internet, you know, like that was like his big like character arc. Like, he didn't do great in life. Uh, and he was boring, but he was hot. And so now at least he's stupid and hot, which I can get behind, I think, as a so, character. So I might, I'm going to probably anger you. So Gossip Girl, is that the one with Zoe Deschanel? No, no, that's no. New Girl. That's, oh. a different, that's a different, different girl. sitcom with girl in the title. Oh, okay. Did you know that? Uh, easily uh, confused with Gilmore Girls, Golden Girls. Like it's a whole. I know G- Golden Girls. Yes. I know that. That's different. Old bitches. Yeah. They, yeah. they tend to stand out. Okay. So C- oh, Chase man. Crawford's in there. Super cute or whatnot. Um, Tiff, what was your first impression as you got into <laughs> the series? I just want to say, following up on that real quick, I'm inspired after we get through the we crush the boys season two. I would love to make Bob watch Gossip Girl because I really want to know <laughs> on how cute Chase oh Crawford is. God, I would love to see Bob watch Gossip Girl with with Zoe Deschanel. Also, because also here's the thing about shows in like. 2006 to 2012 like technology has such an impact on it like mm-hmm. the way that like the story like, technology is a character in any tv show 2004 to th- 2015 essentially like once we all like now we're all bored of it like there's nothing that's interesting enough we're all bored of everything but pre this time like technology is its own character i think you would have an interesting perspective i would like to talk about gossip girl with you yeah who's the lead character in that so Blake not, Lively uh, and oh. Penn Badgley. I don't know him. Blake. Leighton He's in you. Uh, did you? He's this. You Netflix. <laughs> you know the crazy one. We're talking one? about every other show except for the boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good thing we don't have like. It's a good thing we're not like sponsored by Amazon, or else they'd be like, "What the fuck? What are y'all doing? You guys are We'd not doing what you said." He's sponsored. Anyway, okay, okay. So, so tip. Chase Crawford. I like that he's an asshole. I like that he's kind of dumb. And he gets it's, introduced with like dropping his trousers, just dude, being what basically a fucking, like every other dude. I like every senior when I was a sophomore. Like, I don't even know what to do with that. What are you doing? I don't know what that is. And he's like, I don't, don't really know. know what to do either. Like, but here it is. I think he's like, I've never touched it myself. I just have other people touch it. That's his whole mo. He's not incorrect. Right. He's just an asshole. Right. Yeah. I agree. Here's my quick take on it just the overall vibe. I actually really like the Marvel universe. So this was really fun for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I love how dark and moody it is. The humor is so dark that I am someone who is, I actually resonated with the deep on his like social justice for dolphins. I love dolphins. So if you can get me laughing as a dolphin flies through a windshield to its death with spice girls in the background, then, you know, your dark humor has worked. Um, I really like it. All the pop culture references were perfect. Um, they did a really good job of nursing my suspension of disbelief, if you will, enough to where I could really easily see this being like our real world if superheroes were real, or at least a very similar parallel universe. I love the for-profit aspect and the um, corporate I, aspect of I, it. I feel so much for like our gal who just has starlight the, the, the best intentions like starlight like she and it was it's funny because i was talking about this today with a friend in terms of like the political landscape that we're in and like how journalism has become so demonized and like you grow up believing in some certain institution and you finally like get there and it's like all a fucking lie and it's like 
what is she supposed to do? Because she's living her dream and she's realizing like, she's realizing that her dream is stupid. And like, that's not, and like, that's, it's, that's not correct either, you know, but she doesn't have the power and the ability to impact change to this organization that like now she's like, quote unquote, privileged to be a part of. Like she should be grateful. She should be thankful. Like, why is she making things difficult? Like, she should just follow the script. Like here we set up a situation, a scenario for you to be the hero. Like go be the hero and do exactly what you told me we told you to do. Yeah. And she's, she's realizing how like fucked up it is. Yeah. She's kind of like, like I feel for her. I That's graduated. such a tough place. Yeah. She's like all of us when we graduate college, all bright eyed and bushy tailed. And then we get our first job and we realize, Oh, this is the real world. I'm sorry, college. Like take me back. Yeah. But um, no, so every, I also like that all the characters are morally gray, except for, in my mind, our girl Starlight or Annie. And they all kind of suck, but you root for some and not for others. And it's just really, really interesting to me. And it's, it's uh, what's also interesting is because you kind of mentioned before something about technology and seeing like our modern technology and like what people really do is kind of really kind of woven especially in the first scene when you saw, you know, Queen Maeve, like take that armored car and then Homelander's taking selfies with, with these guys and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty interesting seeing like kind of modern media kind of interwoven with like, just really I shitty feel like people. There's a lot of near like media as a whole. Like I'm interested into, I should look into the LinkedIn profiles of all the writers of the show because I feel like there's a lot of similarities in like the media and the entertainment world with this show. Like as a comedian, as a female comedian, as like a young quote unquote female comedian, like I see a lot of similarities in like this is the way it is. This is the institution. And then even like the um what was the name of the older female superhero that's like, don't let them see you like this. What's Queen Maeve. Queen yeah. Maeve. Um love that name but yeah like she was kind of a hard ass too like she is she has benefited from this institution that has torn down like she's benefited from the exceptionalism complex of i'm not like those other girls and i my job as a mentor is to teach other girls how to be not like those other girls you know like it's a fucked up circle and like same thing in a lot of like entertainment and media and anything where being different is the only way to succeed and like different means be like the boys you know and like that's how she's gotten to where she is that's how she's gotten to be successful there's no other path forward in in her mind and so she's not helpful in the fact that she's like empathizing like she probably even has less empathy than some of the men because she's been through the ringer three as three times as much as much as anyone else you know yeah gabby as a female comedian i imagine you of all people would empathize with a male dominated industry um well you have to and like you can't you can't complain you know what i mean like starlight can't be like this is the patriarchy and it's unfair and like that's not the way to win you know what i mean like you have to play fucking cards like you gotta play poker like you have to nut up and shut up like that's and unfortunately like that's not great like my hopefully you know our kids and whatever like that world doesn't exist but like she's gotta do it and she's kind of 
it's a big pill to swallow for her. And I can tell in the way that she's so uncomfortable with the things that are the norm for this new role that she's assumed, you know, like everything, it hurts for her. Like it hurts for her to like take it in and to do these things that to her feel unethical or dishonest or wrong. Let's get into some of the new faces that we met here because like trying to go over the entire plot is going to be that there's a lot going on in the first four episodes. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of go over. So there's basically two groups of people out there. There's the seven, which is a group of seven, like like the Avengers, uh, you know, the Avengers of this of this, of this world. But with a much slipperier roster, I feel like mm-hmm. that's also worth addressing. Is like, I think all of the seven have this gut feeling that like it can be taken away from them at any yeah. moment, which any workplace with that level of anxiety is like, you're not going to be a productive person, like period. So except for the Homelander, because you can't do really jack shit with Homelander. Okay. Right? Well, clearly Homelander well, has a sociopath. dick. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the rules do not apply to Homelander. Homelander is like fucking three foot dong running around that place. Like, it doesn't apply to him. He's not scared. So let's get into him first. Homelander. What are your what were your first impressions of him? I love him. I mean, in a in yeah. like a love to hate him way. I think he's such yeah. a good subtle villain. And I love that you he's he's like representative of like he's like an evil Captain America and probably a more realistic yeah. type. It's good. Um his I know I get the chills when he does his like you'll see a flash of a psychotic smile and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. It, almost like as the viewer, mm-hmm. you question if it even happened, but you're like terrified. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. I think Homelander is probably is, is really what makes the series like tick, right? Because somebody who is as diabolical and unflinching and like, you don't really see him. Like you, you kind of see like, he kind of seems like an asshole in the beginning and then it just continues to get worse and worse. And then by, I think in episode four, it comes to the crescendo where they get into the airplane. The plane. Yep. And, and since he like really doesn't give a shit, he carelessly just like eye lasers the, the um the the instrument panel and then he's just like well shoot guys i gotta go i was so disappointed in mave i i mean i was disappointed in them both and it was like dude and that's like my own fucked up like patriarchy like you know compass because it was like of course i expected this asshole homelander to like be self-serving and to ditch but like she really felt the pull, but ultimately, I mean, fuck, like the the appeal of being in the seven and of you know, I guess surviving, you know, was worth it to her to sacrifice these things that like she knew it was and she knew it was wrong, and he didn't care that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. To your point, I actually loved that interaction because you Ew. know the you know that like what you said, you know, Homelander's a dick, right? Like we know that and we know he's not a morally good guy who cares about other people, truly. But this whole series, like I'm trying to figure out, well, where do the other seven stand? Is anyone actually a good person? And I didn't know where Queen Maeve really stood. And this, he kind of served as a sounding board to show that she actually has some sort of 
like empathy for others and that maybe she's in a bad setup, but she's not necessarily a bad person. And so that was really great to see because I had no idea if I liked her or not until that episode. Really. Well, and it's hard because it's like you think and in general, you think that being a good person is up to you. Right. And it's like you, the decisions that you make decide whether or not you're a good person. But I think that that scene and that situation showed that like your personhood is bigger than yourself, you know, and like you choosing to benefit from these systems like the seven, you know, like she's, she's set for life because she's one of the seven. Like you'll never be that good of a person because you're relying on this system to tell you you're a good person, you know, and to affirm that for yourself. And so it's, it's super counterintuitive. And like, that's what the, the struggle is with starlight where it's like, she was a good person and she is a good person. And that's like, I think what we're seeing is like, she's so simple and sweet and like has a good heart and like her compass is real, you know? And I'm sure when Maeve first started, like I'm sure Maeve had those same inclinations, but the pull of the seven, the power of the seven, this institution that you are choosing to participate in just by the fact that you're choosing to participate in it, your goodness can only go so far. Like you can only be so good when your personhood is, is established by this superpower, a superpower in terms of Homelander and then backed up by the super business in terms of thought where is viewing them as commodities. Cause it's what I thought was also interesting in, in this, in this universe is not just, they're sort of, they're not really like solving crimes really. Like they kind of no. are, you know, like PR stunts. Yeah, they're PR. They're 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 influencers. They're influencers in the wild. They're influencers with a brief and an agenda and like an address to take your take your picture here. Like they're influencers is what this is. Like I feel like it's a commentary on our morals as a society and like who we trust the most. Like people trust influence, quote unquote, influencers a fucking lot. And like these are not reputable people these people these people these are people that just got a free meal got a free something got a private like got whatever it is and we trust them because we like them you know and like we they represent a part of ourselves that like a self a perfect aspect of ourselves and i think that's why people are so gravitated to believe in super in these superheroes and like why the system and why like this corporation gets stronger the more that it does the stronger it gets because people want to believe in it like people want to believe in this self-actualized version of humanity um okay so more of the seven we can go over black noir pretty quickly he's really kind of i think he's going to be taking a, a bigger position in season two but go ahead tiff i just have no idea who he is i still like i I had to stop multiple times to count the seven in my head. And I would be like six. Who's the seven? We haven't met him yet. And then I realized we've met him like for five seconds, each episode. So crazy. I hope he plays a bigger role. I think they're building him up maybe, or just saving him for later. I I hope so too. And also someone that you didn't really see, especially if you're in the bathroom was translucent, (laughs) who was a little (laughs) bit of a creeper. I love 
the translucent storyline. I, you know what, you know what, tra translucent to me is imposter syndrome, self actualized. Like mm -hmm. he is, he probably he feels it too, you know, and that's why he watches people. Like you can learn, like you can learn a lot more. Like you learn how to play the game better the more that you know people, and that's why he does all this like pervy shit. And it's interesting to me that he was the, I don't know if it's okay to spoil it. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's already out there. We all know. We yeah. all know. Um, but, like, it was interesting to me that he was the the first domino to fall, essentially. Because, to me, he kind of represents, like, imposter syndrome. And, like, he is, like, the least, quote-unquote, powerful. Because his power is... Is it him or the deep? I don't know. I think the deep has influence, which is powerful in its own way, especially in the machine that is the seven trademark. You know, I think translucent, like he's a fucking, like he's a slimy little chameleon. Like he, he doesn't feel like he belongs, you know? And like, he's also not incorrect that he doesn't, you know? And it was yeah. and interesting. I think, he shows the only nudity in the series when he was just like, hello, ladies, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you don't see full frontal male nudity so casually that often. It, uh, I liked it. I was a big fan. <laughs> uh, I screenshotted. And, and unfortunately, they stuffed some C4 up his ass, and then Kablooey Huey does translucent in, so now the seven's down to six. It was so, po it was so bizarre slash poetic, like the fact that, like, the thing that inspired him to go on this rampage was the fact that I, he was holding his dead girlfriend's arms in his mm -hmm. hands and covered in her blood and guts. And the thing that gave him his power to keep going was to do the same. You know, it was a bummer. He couldn't do it to a train. Also, let's talk about a train. Can we talk about a train and of course. his drug problem and his girlfriend's addiction Her his like, like JV girlfriend. Mm hmm. So he he's Man. the one that like kicks everything off, kind of like because he's kicks, all yeah runs through yeah yeah runs through everything because he's all <laughs> hopped up on compound V, which he is taking because he is he's deathly afraid of losing his edge against the, especially there's a there's a new superhero called Shockwave who's who challenge yeah who's fast is challenging him for his place on the seven. He's feeling a lot of. Uh, pressure during this he runs through robin but you know it, it, what's what's interesting oh. it's too bad because i really like that that whatever three minute scene of of huey and robin i was like i could just that could be new girl right I know. like like they're just so, so sweet. yeah they're, they're making, so cute i know yeah and they're talking about laying pipe and laying wire and the differences between and i was sort billy of joel even, yeah billy joel i love billy joel and you're just like oh these two kids and then also the jump you know it was such explodes. a good like introduction and he's such to... a, it really yeah. yeah what did you no, guys think gosh. when you got to that point when you saw robin literally I, explode i because it was such a good introduction to like the shitty world that is the boys universe like exactly like the moment he stopped and was just like i can't stop and he keeps going and you don't know what's going on or why or and it was so gross and i don't know it was Shocking. It, it shocked me. I liked it. How about you, Gabby? I, it was, it was gut wrenching. And the thing that like really stuck with me and I have um, a few people in my life that have experienced, like I have, myself have not experienced a level of loss like that, but I have 
seen that kind of loss in friends and like, you know, a life that was stolen is what that was. Like Robin's life was stolen from her. Like she was standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. And like, it was taken from her. And then, and as a result, like Huey is, he was such a fearful guy, you know, like his, his guts were in his girlfriend, you know, like he believed in her as a source of power and strength and like boldness and interestingness. And like for her, for that to be taken away from him and for her life to be stolen when it was so bright and vibrant, like it was just, it was gut wrenching and it was so tragic. And like, it made me feel his hurt because he would have rather that happened to him. Like if they had just switched places, like if you would, if you would have asked him, now if you would have asked him 10 minutes after it happened like he would have switched places with her in a second like he the part of his love for her was in that he thought her life was so much more vibrant and interesting than his you know and that's what makes his journey so interesting is that it feels number one like out of his control a little bit like it feels like it's it's happening to him he's not in charge of it you know and then, like, he he discounts himself. Like, he doesn't have confidence in himself. Like, he doesn't think, like, he was the reacher in that relationship, you know? Yeah. And so to see that happen to him and to see the him coping with this, like, immeasurable heartbreak, like, it is, it, it was, it was beautiful to see, like, this, a superhero show involve this level of emotion and, like, gutsiness, but, like, it also, perfect feelings, you know? Yeah, and and I think it was it made even worse when A Train like how like how Vought and A Train nonchalant. Uh, yeah, it like was like it was oh, just it's just like, an accident, and when he was and then he was laughing behind the scenes, you know. Yeah, like it's like oh, it's just like a a hat, like it just it happens, you know. It it yeah. honestly it feels a lot like with our fucking president saying like oh yeah, only point two five percent of children who go to school this year will die of coronavirus. It's like no, that's yeah. a lot of little kids dying unnecessarily like i know that feels small to you but like anything bigger than zero is unnecessary like that is stupid it reminds me yeah. of this this uh part that did you guys ever see succession the show no so do you remember the part where you know like at the end of season one i don't know if you, you might want to put your earmuffs on a uh, tiff but like when uh, yeah, tiff, you yeah. Should, i love spoilers. Good. you should watch it. Like we should know what's I, coming for me Okay, I want to do. Freak. Yeah, so like when at the end, like when Kendall kills that, kills that kid while he's when they're driving, and he's like, and his father's like, it's no big deal. It's not a real person, and I think that's is it's kind of the same as exactly. Robin like, was not, not a real person. He's not like us, is what that yeah. means. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's us, and then there's the people below us, and like between that, me, us, and them, it's us. We matter more than yeah. them, and that's like the fucked up. It's yeah. Oh. And, and There's is so pumped. many levels to the show. It's so beautiful in the fact that like it's able to number one like commoditize our obsession with like su- exceptionalism and superiority. I think as Americans, especially like we have this affinity for people that are special and better. Like we elevate those kinds of people, and we love a success story. Like we love a rags to riches story. Like we don't like mediocrity we don't like average people and like this show is kind of like displaying how the people that are better than us like are worse people like these are not these are not good people like you don't want to like call them when you need 
you and you have a flat tire on the side of the road. Like they won't be there for you, right. you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, I like I'm not going to go into like the comics did this and the comics said this because I the show is definitely kind of diverged on a lot of stuff and I think for in the positive thing because it, because the comics were written in 2006 or something I believe and so it Shit's was changed yeah should have yeah. changed and so one of the things where they what they're doing a little bit different during the show compared to before like in the comics. Uh, compound v the boys are actually using all, all of them are using compound v it's pretty much out there and uh, also mother's milk was born kind of a I super i hate that i hate that name by Mother... the way oh, his real name is marvin <laughs> fucking foul that's <laughs> do you, disgusting do you want to know that how... is a kink by the comic writer that is some weird porn up search that is exclusively his i hate it i want... hate even saying it i hey, hate hearing it to call it's marvin foul do you want to know why they called him what, where why? Mother's Milk? Yeah, tell okay. me. No, tell me. All right. So his mother was a janitor at Vought, and she was poisoned by Compound V along with a lot of other female custodians who a lot of them died, and she became basically infected with Compound V. Uh, he had, like, another brother who ended up, like, um, really disabled, ended up dying. He ends up having, like, super strength and super dur- durability. But the caveat is he needs to be breastfed. <laughs> he needs mother's milk. Dude, this is like some bizarre fucking kink. This yeah. is the comic book writer. Like, this, just... Yeah. This he's writing what he knows. He's writing what he knows. He's writing what gives him a boner. It's fucking gross. Yeah, but the, but the show I writer... It. What I thought was interesting, he reined in all this stuff because he's just he wanted to be basically... The superheroes aren't really that different than like just say regular assholes the only problem yeah. is they they get this extra kick up and it's i think it's also interesting that all the boys frenchy uh mm and uh billy butcher they're all just regular people and they're all motivated by trying to be smarter and i guess more angry than other people or more determined and that's what and i think that's that's uh, more effective than you know giving them superpowers as well you know so i thought that was a really interesting thing that the showrunners did um along with uh here's another here's a big thing that they also did so stillwell madeline stillwell um, i love her by the way the, by still the scorching elizabeth shoe by the way so in the in the comics in the comic books it's it's a man stillwell is james stillwell and they really? re, yeah they recast her and mallory who comes a little bit later but stillwell it now has is madeline stillwell a woman you know who homelander has kind of uh interesting owned. <laughs> yeah. freudian kind of, like mother yeah. lover relationship it's their relationship like especially i love the, the fact that she has a newborn baby and that she's clearly in her 40s like number one good for her number two i love how disgusted he is by it <laughs> Dude, Homelander is, like, so grossed out by the fact that, like, she has a baby and is, like, taking care of something that's not him. Like, it yeah. is. Yes. And and then she's able to, like, she's she's such a mom. She's such a good, like, she's, like, fucking breastfeeding at fucking 65 or how old are I'm That's rude. She's not that old. But. She's beautiful. She's, like, you she's take that doing. Back, she, I know. She is fucking. She's a smoke show. Yeah. Uh, but she's, like, a little bit old for a newborn. I think we can mm-hmm. all agree on that. Um, she's like doing her motherly thing with her babe, like bloodborne baby. And then this fucking man child that she was like probably sitting on his face 
three months ago, you know, like he's so jealous of this baby. His whole demeanor towards her is so funny because like he listens to her and he respects her, but he is like mad at her too. See, I, don't, I, I love, I love it. See, I you think, don't see it. Well, no, no, I, I, I see a lot of that, but I don't think she is physical with him because she knows that's she needs to. I think she's physical to a point. Right. When she needs to be, yes. and I think she's probably super strategic about it. Like, I think he could probably count on one hand the number of blowjobs he's gotten from her. You know, but think, like they've probably think, been. I think they've probably been hooking up for ten plus years. Also, you think? What do you think, Tiff? I. It took me a while to figure them out. I think their relationship does a good job of driving home Homelander's like pathology and how weird and detached he is from like reality and just what's going on. Um, and he like, there were times where, cause I also don't know, like people surprise me when they have superpowers or whatever. So there were times where I was sitting here and I was like, is she his mom? Like, is she just like young, looks younger than she is? Like there were times where I just wasn't sure what their dynamic was. And then I slowly started mm-hmm. to realize it's just this like creepy pseudo romantic, like, Oedipal kind of romantic relationship, but with also this like mother son weird dynamic, and he needs affirmation from her all the time. So he's like what you said, Gabby. He's jealous of the baby. It's just weird. Um, but I like how convoluted. I mean, I don't like enjoy it, but it's entertaining. <laughs> it's okay how to convoluted. enjoy it. Some other new faces. So that's. Pretty much the team from Team Thought, Team Seven. Uh, we kind of went over Mother's Milk, MM. Sorry about that. Uh, from the boys uh, is you know Huey. We kind of talked about him. Here's a here's an interesting factoid. In the comics, Huey was a short, bald Scottish guy who looked like Simon Pegg. Way so, less entertaining. Yeah, way less entertaining. I like I, liked, I like our Huey. I like yeah. his. I, I, be- I like I'm naivety. for him. Yeah, Jack like, Wade like is amazingly like, charming. He's very good. Yeah, charming he's is like, the word. Yeah, he's kind of like as he's kind of just like dragged into this mess almost, and doesn't know how to get out, and just keeps getting deeper and deeper, and learning more about how screwed up everything. He's is. not like, a gutsy guy like this. He wouldn't no. have been driven to this life had like. Robin's body been detached from her arms in front of him. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. if if that if exactly what had happened to him didn't happen, then he would have been like bummed out. He would have taken the, you know, $40,000 settlement like if it wasn't as gruesome as it was. And like I think that's part of why I love how shy and how like reticent he is to make moves you know and that makes his that makes the things that he does do like him pushing the button and like blowing up translucent like fuck yeah dude like good do that like even though you're covered in guts and blood like that's the gross thing to clean up but (laughs) i i like seeing it from him because it's so not his personality it's so he's not an angry impassioned person he's very logical he's very slow to process you know and for him to still come to this conclusion that this is the right path for him and to keep associating himself with billy butcher and like all these other people like it's very intentional for somebody as 
introverted and quiet and like passive as he is. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's choosing this, but he's also just kind of getting dragged into it and helplessly. I guess I wonder where you guys the think the universe go. though is dragging into because, it. I think I think it's like yeah. things are setting themselves up to like he has no he feels like he has no choice because he's the only one that can execute it properly. But it's like it's still up to him. You know? Where do you guys think that? I mean, it's just interesting because his relationship with Billy Butcher is like he, he'll have moments where he's like, "Oh, I'm so glad Translucent's alive," and Butcher's like, "Are you kidding? This is terrible for us." But um, we we gotta end yeah. him. But I guess I'm wondering where you guys think Huey's going to go because I see a lot like Butcher is who Huey could become if he isn't yeah. super careful, right? Like he no, uh, just con- driven by vengeance, just like ruthless. Also probably, I mean, Butcher's not like this. You root for him, but he's not this great guy either. Arguably. What do you think? Like, what do you think Butcher's? Ahead end goal is like do you think if butcher succeeds in whatever his goal like do you think if he accomplishes whatever he is trying to do like do you think he'll scale back and like go back to like get on the dating apps and try to find a wife like (laughs) like like 10 uh, years from now he's like he's like oh i did it like i studied abroad for six years and now i'm ready to like meet the one like do you think he'll so that's the question like what happens when you are driven by this purpose that like has decided like negative, your every move? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you find out like it's stripped from you or it ends or it's not true anymore. Like, and then you find out that that purpose is gone. Where do you go from there? I don't know. It's really interesting. Look, They're both I, kind I, of at I, that crossroads. Right. I think if you'd really be able to get Billy Butcher to be honest, he thinks he's going to die at the end, but he just wants to get, he wants to take everyone down with him. And he doesn't really care if like Huey or Frenchie or the woman or MM are collateral damage. He really doesn't. Do you you think he thinks he's going to die at the end or do you think he hopes he's going to die at the end? I think it's one of those things like to get to the point where you totally commit to something. You just like, this is just what's, going to happen and i'm okay with that's the end result you know whether or not he really thinks it's going to happen that way he he knows that he has to be ready for it to be that way to fully commit himself on this path of you know vengeance do you think he's the type to do some sort of like self-sacrifice yeah Shooting uh, I think if there's enough publicity i think if there's enough publicity and the possibility of it making a big enough impact. Absolutely. I think he would love the opportunity to self-sacrifice <laughs> because I think that's what it, I do think that's kind of what's driving him. Like, I think that he, it's probably a lot of the same thing that Huey is dealing with in that, like, why am I the one that lived? Like she was better than me. I wish she had lived instead. Like it's a lot of, it's self-loathing mixed with like trying to equal the playing field or like to tell the universe, like you fucked up. You know, it feels like as much as they're trying to make an impact, they're also like, that's why they're able to go like balls to the walls like they do, because it's like they don't want to keep living like they actually think they shouldn't have made it this far. You know, any particular thoughts on Frenchie or uh, the woman, the female of the species, which is kind of her official name. Oh, she does have a real name. I 
have no idea who she is or what role she'll play. So I'm really curious to see. Um, I like their conversations though, how it kind of humanizes Frenchie and he's trying to like ease her discomfort, but she's totally feral. Um, uh, it's always really interesting to watch their conversation. Well, it's a really one-sided conversation, but then you hear all these like anecdotes from Frenchie and you kind of learn more about his background. Um, mm-hmm. so they, they also have a really interesting dynamic, but I have no idea who she is. So I'm, I'm assuming she will be a pivotal uh, plot point. Well, she's definitely the pivotal badass of the team because, yes. you know, she's the only one that can really stand up to some of these guys one-on-one, you know, the other, you know, the yeah. others can shoot guns and they can run away and, you know, trick, trick, trick them. Or the female of the species is the only one that can actually go blow for blow and, you know, screw them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I also love that she's hypnotized by like K-pop or J-pop or whatever she's <laughs> listening to. Cause it's just like yeah. so funny. Did, did, did we get to the point where she was really into shark week too, where they're just watching shark week, Frenchie and the female no, yeah. Okay. Well, that's coming. That that I sorry to spoil that. She likes shark. Spoiler. Dang. <laughs> okay. Let's get I into. Well I love now. the female though. I I love her. She's just very like it's like guttural. It's very like instinctual. Like she just she's so raw. Like she's so like I feel like a lot of people and superheroes and everybody has you know how like a tea kettle has a spout where the steam is allowed to escape. And, like, it can only get so hot in there because the steam is going to get out. Homegirl does not have a hole for the steam to get out. Like, the steam has been in there for years. Like, she's pissed. Like, that's fun to watch. That's deep. That's deep, Gabby. Yeah, look at that. Thanks, Gabby. Yeah. Hey, let's get into the next section, which is, if I were you, I would have. So, how about this? Why don't we kind of think of different um, situations and pose it to each other? How about the? So I'm going to start. If you I guys have were, one. okay, go. You go, Huey. Oh, shoot, I totally gave Huey. up. Huey, <laughs> Gabby. Yeah. Gabby. If I, dude, here's the thing. If I was Starlight, I wouldn't have not. I would have. I wouldn't have said no to the deep on Taylor. But I would have been like, yeah, yeah, that looks fun. Let's fucking go, like. <laughs> Have you seen New Girl? Yeah, like, no. Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're hurting me. I'm sorry. Nate Archibald of the Archibalds? Yeah, can we go to your house in the Hamptons before I, like, suck your dick, please? Yeah. I wouldn't have said no. I don't know. I'm, that's, and that's my character flaw. Well, that was was quite, that was... I'm being open. I'm being honest. It's quarantine. I'm lonely. I bought a bunch of weighted blankets and I'm just laying under like four of them per night. I could Very use confessional. Some, some attention. I, love I, wouldn't have said no. I wouldn't have said no, period. You know, and it's like I wouldn't have expected anything else. I would have just had a good time and called it a day. But I think I'm a little bit older than Starlight. So, yeah. <laughs> She'll learn. She'll learn. <laughs> oh. No, Starlight will get married by twenty-five. Anyway, Tiff, your turn. Oh, you go first, Bob. Oh. I'm still, I'm still deliberating. I think if I were Huey, I might have taken the forty-five thousand dollars. Right? Yeah, I probably and that's like not even a lot, you know. Interesting. I, I might still have gone with Billy Butcher afterwards, 
but I probably would have. I don't know. I would take forty five thousand dollars now, regardless. By being yeah. a Billy, like it's not yeah. like your settlement is going to get taken away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I probably would have. You know, and that's and that's. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's my confessional. I like, you know, I it makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the wrong choice for no, you. No, I, I feel like we're we're saying these and we're like laying out all, all of our flaws, but that's okay. That's okay. That's what okay. that's what we need to. Okay, Tiff, what do you got? Um, honestly, my mind is like completely. Okay, so if it's you, never been emptier. If you were in the <laughs> There's plane, like not even anxious thoughts. It's amazing. Oh, what? here we go. Bob's got a good one. Okay, if you're in a plane, if you're in the airplane, you're Queen Maeve. You would have. Uh-huh. Blank. What would you have done? Oh, yeah. First of all, I understand her struggle because she, her power, what are her powers? They obviously, she can kick ass, right? That's about it. Like, like super strength and like, she, like she can she, get run like, into. Bulletproof. Yeah. Right. right. But she, nothing, she nothing she can do can like save a crashing plane directly, right? Except for plead she with has, Homelander. Like, superhuman strength, superhuman reflexes, and like agility and durability and stamina. But like, I don't think she could save the plane. Like, she can't fly. She can't. All she can like, do is what she did is she begged stop Homelander. Time. And then, like, she can't like, mm-hmm. yeah, she can just be really good yeah. at like the existing situation. So what would I have done? Yeah, if you were. I her. honestly think her I maybe would maybe would have tried to like plead a little harder or blackmail Homelander into doing. I mean, he's not the type that can really be blackmailed. I feel like, but like, try. You don't to think get he's got him. a little dick? Maybe you right. She would he's know. got a. You don't think she's got a dick pic of like his like busted penis that she could yeah, like put like, on Twitter I'm and like ruin his life? <laughs> right. So I would have like maybe tried a little harder. She was a little weak in her like, oh, please. She okay. Was. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I do see how her back was against the wall. So I don't know if it would have turned out any differently if I were her, to be honest. I'm a terrible human too. So It'd be like, we're all in the same boat. Well, at least Aren't you would have given her that, uh, given that little girl, just like a really sad look. You're like, I tried, mm-hmm. but I got to go. Maybe I did think maybe for a second, she was going to like grab the girl last minute and like fly have Homelander like fly both of them, you know, but she, she let me down there, but But maybe that's what I would have done. Tried to like save the girl in some last ditch effort. Homelander would have just like dropped her anyways, the girl, you know, like, because he he didn't need a witness and he, and that's, Mm -hmm. and, and he's just like Billy Butcher is a committed revenge her or whatever vengeance guy. Uh, Homelander is totally committed for whatever, whatever arc he's on, which is like, I'm I'm not a psychology student by any means, but complete being a complete sociopath, you know, he's totally committed <laughs> to that, you know. So he's yeah, going to kill yeah. whoever and um, just run over whatever is around. I'm like fuck everyone else, yeah. What you got for style, Mister mm-hmm. Gabby? I, uh, you know what, I. I really like Starlight's original costume and I appreciate her having like the guts to say like fuck that little slutty outfit like and the thing is her original outfit is not like demure like, no like, no yeah it still highlights she's got a nice figure she's got some booby like she looks good you know it's a great outfit I don't think 
the sluttier outfit is not showing us anything that the original outfit didn't also allude to. You know? She's teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. tiny. And I I mean I appreciated her having a little a little guts to it. I fucking love the soundtrack and the music choices that they are making of like I've heard a couple of heart tracks. I've heard a lot of like fucking female rockers. Like I love this period that they keep going to of just like really it's just really good like rock music of like power and intensity but like also like theatrical like I liked when rock was like theatrical and like rock music and things like that were like there was a lot of a lot to it in a, in a superhero y way and I feel like the song choices that they make like what was that one like Jerry Bomb like that's such oh, a yeah, good that- song and like mm-hmm. that device of just like using it just that one quick cut of that cherry bomb lyric like was just so good like however many you know fifteen thousand dollars it costs for that 20 seconds of that track and music is very expensive i work in advertising and i've licensed like popular tracks for like oh i need 15 seconds of this song for a commercial it's insanely expensive to license a real song that people are familiar with like truly like it is a like upwards of 20% of any production's budget. If they're trying to use music as a device, like between 20 and 50%, depending on what it, the wow. like production is like music is so expensive. And so the choices that they're making in terms of like allowing music to contribute to like the narrative of the story is like, I love it. And I, I love that it's music that you don't necessarily hear. Like there's a lot of music in tracks and like, especially, you know, like the, a lot like ACDC, like the top three ACDC tracks or, you know, whatever it is, like you hear a lot of the same shit and like, they're just using it really beautifully. And like, they're investing in it for sure. Like I would love to see a fucking budget breakdown for one episode because I think they've decided it's important. And I really like that artistic choice. All right, let's get into our sevens. Did you guys make up sevens? Or are we just going to I did. Um, I did. Okay. But I'm also going to wing it because it doesn't... I don't think they reflect um, one episodes one through four. Okay. I think some of them are spoilers. All right, let's start off. I don't, should we just go from seven to number one? How, how should we do this? Any any idea? Yeah, Bill... Yeah, okay. I also didn't don't have them in any order, but I do know what my number oh. one is. So let's just yeah. do it. Do you want to just okay? Are we doing number one first? I, I no, no, I number okay. one has to be last. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. All right, number seven. I put Frenchie because I feel like he's pretty funny. He's very he's a he's a man in uh that you probably want on your side. He's sticking with Butcher regardless. He's like you know even though he kind of hates him and. I think Butcher owes him a bunch of money. I can't remember who Butcher owes forty thousand dollars to. I think it's Frenchie, but you know he's oh. in. He's he's committed, so he's down. How about you guys? What do you guys got? I've got the female as my number seven. Um, she's she scares me, but I like her. Um, I actually had a quote. Oh, 
and I don't know if it's um, in episode four, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. Because it's so funny. Like, to this day, I still think about it and just how Huey delivered it, and I die laughing. It's when he's talking to Ezekiel, and he says, you played my butt like jazz with poise <laughs> and skill and willingness to improvise. <laughs> that that line haunts me. <laughs> it's, it's a good so one. Good. And the way he said it, like he didn't even know what was coming out of his mouth. It was just like word vomit. It was so good. Coming out of innocent it, Huey's mouth. Oh, man. That is episode <laughs> five, but still, it's good. It's good. Oh, All right. so Number good. six. Number six, I had the female. Uh, the female definitely yeah. it continues to evolve. And it's going to be fun to see how she continues to evolve or as you guys see her evolve through the rest of the season and also get into season two she's coming kind of coming out of her shell it's taking her a lot to be able to trust anybody after being like locked in a cage and pumped full of compound v which is understandable especially when you don't even really speak the common language you know mm-hmm. so so as she becomes part of the boys about part of the crew it's uh She's just going to be a really neat character in, in general. So what do you guys have for, have for six? Um, I'll go. My number six is the use of the Spice Girls. And <laughs> oh, as a device in that scene, it was just, it was funny. It was like, I couldn't have thought of like a better, like cheesier, dumber song to put in that scene. Like it was just, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was worth the investment. You heard my diatribe on music. I think they did a great it, they like I think they they probably talked about it a lot. Like they probably put a Backstreet Boys in like when they're in the editing bay, and they're like, oh, what, what would I want it that way do for this scene? Mm-hmm. What would you know Boots Goot and Boogie do for like they probably like fucked with it for like a while. Like probably got high and like played with it and like Wannabe was just a great choice. I liked it a lot. That's actually spoiler alert. That's actually my number one. Was the use of the specials <laughs> and just the uh, butcher's like butcher's uh, little like monologue? I don't know if it was right before it, where he's trying to explain to them like why they need to stick together. Do you know what I'm saying? They found they're looking for the female, and he's like, "What do you think Sporty Spice is up to right now?" And he I just goes on this super long diatribe about it, and it's amazing. Anyways, but my number six was. Um, Sorry, Gabby. Mother's Milk or Marvin? Is that his name? Marvin? Marvin T. Milk. T. Milk. (laughs) Yeah, Milk is still there. Um, I hate the word milk. I don't know why. I like milk, but it's ruining it for me. It's like moist. Anyways. um, (laughs) Sorry. Triggering. Um, He, I just, I like him. I just don't, I want to get to know him more. I want to go on more, you know, I want to go on a couple dates with him. He seems super fun. And he has these funny moments like where he's on the phone with his girlfriend or he, he just has a badass mug. Like yeah. there's a couple and he's moments. he's just like that, talking about like, yeah, don't get ahead of me in Downton Abbey. Like how am I supposed to catch up? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. funny, but I just don't know enough about him. So that's why he's number six. But I want to know more about him. All right. Number five, I have the deep, our own the pantser himself. Uh, he's just so yeah. just I don't know, like, I, like all like all the seven have like these serious flaws and i think all of them have these kind of insecurities about them except for homelander homelander has no insecurities yeah. and i think that and as that's a, as his a con- flaw. yeah exactly and, and and as a consequence he 
has just intimidated everybody else on this team so much, maybe except for Black Noir. We don't really know what's up with him right now, but like the deep is, you know, is it just him and A Train just seem like really just scared. You know, you don't really get to know yeah. Translucent so well, but um, but I still think he's funny, um, especially since it's Nate Archibald from Nate Archibald. That's correct. Gossip and, Girl. G- Gossip Girl. I, was, I, I almost said bad girl. Don't say like, Gilmore Girls. Oh, don't say okay. New Girl. Bad Girls okay. Club. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. All right. So that was, so wait, that's your number five? Yeah. So that was my number four. But mm. my number five is um, A Train and his like D list girlfriend's apartment. Oh. They yeah. have a great apartment. It's really pretty. Uh, lots of natural light. I appreciate that it seems like in an industrial part of town, like semi-remote, but also easy for him to get to. Um, yeah, I love their apartment. That's you know, my number five. I, I got to say, I, on a tangent, I, I hate A-Train the most out of all the seven. Because He's, I yeah, think, the biggest dick. Yeah, like, and it's it's because of that and also just how he treats Popclaw. This poor this poor girl, like, you know, they, they obviously have this relationship, you know, but he can't commit because he feels like his persona is one of a woman's man for Vought. Like his public persona, he wants to be sending out Instagrams of him at the pool with all these, you know, Dude, lovely and ladies. Like no one said into you. The yeah. only person that said into you is the girl that you're ignoring. But also, Popclaw really needs to like self-actualize and like look internally for her fulfillment and like <laughs> right. Homegirl needs some therapy, and we all do, and that's fine. But. They're both damaged and toxic. <laughs> exactly. All right. What'd you have to? Uh, my number five is I referenced this earlier, but those like split seconds of Homelander's like psychotic smiles, mm. where like mm-hmm. for a second your your heart just stops, but then it's gone, and he's or like those the frames where he when he transitions into like his real self from his Homelander self. I think what's the actor's name? I think he just does such a good job. Anthony Starr. Anthony? Not Anthony? No H. Yeah, no H. Anthony. That's extra. But anyways, okay, Anthony. And he, like, you know, like, when he's smiling at everyone and then he walks Mm -hmm. in the tent, his face immediately drops and he's just an asshole. I just think he's amazing. And he does this really uh, interesting thing where he, like, smiles with his mouth but not with his eyes, really. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really so good. Eerie. It's psychotic. It's really good. Okay, number four, I have translucent blowing up because it's like one of those things where they get themselves into this situation and they don't know how to get themselves out. You know, they they realize they're effed. Like no matter what, yeah. like they're out. Like there's only two options. Like try to figure out how to kill this guy, or they're all going to get killed once they get found. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I really like that kind of that that plot thing and then just kind of uh you know huey at the end just you know he finally found it like you were talking about like he he was destined almost to live his life watching remington steel with his dad on that couch but then (laughs) his then he met this robin who got him to the first step which is actually start thinking about getting out of his dad's house getting into their own apartment get you know talking to his boss about getting a raise and stuff and then unfortunately her demise continued to instigate, you know, like um, 
really continue to push him to make those kind of decisions that really kind of outside, like outside of his kind of the cowardness. He's shedding it. And so that was one of those things where he just, he just popped it. And then they had to try to find all the invisible parts <laughs> and bury it. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a horrible, like, seek and find. Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling um, it. Yeah. So yeah, mine was, as I mentioned, the deep. I think part of the thing that I really like about the deep is he's super not that deep. Um, I like <laughs> how surface level he is. Like yeah. he's just a fucking dope. He is, you know, the face of this. It's like what ocean land, and yeah. he's all about saving the dolphins. Like, dude, no, you killed those dolphins. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you that you think you're saving one, but like you're super not that helpful. But like. Bless your big old dumb heart. I don't know. I like that he's a big dope. Like, to me, he's, I mean, the least responsible for the turmoil that the seven puts people through because he is, like, he's almost non-consenting in how stupid he is. You know, it's interesting that, remember, so he goes through and coerces Starlight to give him a blowjob or whatever, and then they have to go on a mission together and it was really interesting because he was just sort of like nonchalant like oh so what's going on here and he's like why do you seem a little you seem a little upset there starlight why is that like yeah i don't get it no clue he's such a fucking dope yeah he's an idiot yeah he's like haven't you seen gossip girl that's me yeah exactly yeah Yeah. that's why so i would have sat on his face versus (laughs) anything else that should be another segment that we had (laughs) um Annie and Huey's relationship. I like it. I think through them, we learn a lot about the the world and the show. So it's really helpful because they're both kind of naive and they don't know what they're doing. So pure. They're so pure. It's nice. They are. I think that's going to be, uh, they're going to be jaded. I love that they went bowling. Like, what is this? Like sophomore year? Yeah. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. I know. I hate bowling. Good old bowling. Me too. Number, Number three for me is Huey. I really enjoy Jack Quaid. Um, did you? I'm sure you guys know that Jack Quaid's uh, parents, Jack right? Quaid. And Meg Ryan, yeah. It really answered the question of if I had a child with Meg Ryan and I looked like Dennis Quaid, what would my child look like? It would look like Jack Quaid, which I was always like. An I didn't know. Uglier Dennis Quaid. Meg <laughs> Ryan did not help Dennis Quaid's blood. I mean, he's he's you know Dennis Quaid's hotter than him. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that he was that he was related to Dennis Quaid. He's got yeah. that name. I'm confused by that. Huh. Yeah. I know, but I just refuse to believe it. He doesn't look like Dennis Quaid. He definitely looks know. like his mother a whole lot, but, um, yeah. but regardless, yeah. I think Jack Quaid did a wonderful job with this. He's uh, as an avatar for us to kind of experience this world. And I really appreciate Huey. He has a really good sense of humor. I could tell like if I was there, I'd probably enjoy Huey's, you know, like company, and uh, personality, I th- you know, I tried to be friends with him, and he probably wouldn't be friends with me, but that's okay. Um, I think he would. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah, a nice guy. yeah, yeah he's a nice he probably guy. not that friends like real friends with that many. People. He's probably so shy, but he would be yeah close to being friends with you. I think yeah, <laughs> close. Um, close. He doesn't seem like he has that many friends. You know, like he doesn't yeah. seem like he has the capacity for it. He's probably pretty shy. Uh, <laughs> my number three is um, Starlight's mom. Now stay with me here. Starlight's mom. What I appreciate about her is, to me, she is like the commentary of 
the expectations of society and the American dream and accomplishing the thing that like you thought was your goal. And like, she's so proud of Starlight, you know, like it, and like, she's just a good old Midwest mom, a single, like she reminds me a lot of my mom. She doesn't want to know the gritty details. Cause it's not, it doesn't fit in with the narrative of like, and it doesn't fit in with the narrative of like what, she thinks the seven is as a human being that benefits from the quote unquote protection of the seven, but also as a, a mom, like a who, momager. Yeah. And like your daughter, like your, you know, your adult child is never not your child. You know, like you don't want to find out that like the dream job that your kid just got and you're so proud of her and you're talking about it at Bunko and bullshit like that. Like, it's actually a huge sham and it is like a, you know, puppeteer for the world of the, the corruption of the world. Like it's an interesting reflection of expectations and of like what society thinks of things are, because I think that we as the viewers are being exposed to something that most people in their world are not exposed to. And her mom is kind of this interesting reality check in the fact that it's an anti reality check. I would really like to see just like maybe an episode just going into those like little girl pageants that she was kind of talking about those little yeah. hero things. And the thing is like her mom's not like her mom's not fucked up for like putting her in pageants and shit like that. Like, you know, it's just things were different, you know, 20 years ago when she was four years old, like it was a different time. Like that was what you had to do to be successful. That was what you had to do to be to like, get out of it, you know, the situation that you're in or like, it was just, it was a pathway, a very clear cut path to success in like all of the definitions of the word, you know? And like, I appreciate the perspective that her mom offers because it really like, it holds up this nasty mirror every time that she like, it's almost, it's almost keeps her from making bigger moves because she doesn't want to disappoint her mom more than anything else, you know? It's going to, it's her mom is going to hold her back. Her mom is going to impact a lot of her decisions. And like, it's, I'm interested to see where that relationship goes. Yeah. I feel like her mom's super exploitative, but it is like an ethical question. Like what is exploitation? If it, if it's in your child's best interest, I don't know. Anyways, um, we'll see where that goes. I agree. It's, it'll be really interesting. Um, well, is it exploitative or is it like, all right, let's get to number two. For me, it was Homelander letting the plane go down, which mm-hmm. I thought was, it was definitely it showed a it showed a lot about Queen Maeve, showed a lot about Homelander. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw it in like in the comic, that plane was there, but it was during nine eleven, and oh. it was one of the nine eleven planes, and, and it went into the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, it's still crashing, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, but I thought that was you know. For all those it's reasons. a guttural thing. Plane crashes are very yeah. um, like visceral for, especially for Americans. Like we, plane crashes like hit different. The thing that pissed me off is like him running around saying like it's gonna be okay, everything's okay. Like yeah, why are you here? Just leave. Like just blow a hole through the ceiling and fucking leave. Like don't be. I don't know. He's so Trumpy in that way that he's just like promising something that he like. He knows it's impossible. Like you can't guarantee. Like you know the. It's not even that. Like you're not sure if they're going to be okay. Like you're. You know they're going to die in ten minutes. Yeah, but he still and wants that go. adoration yeah. that he's yeah. still the hero. And know? like they, those people can't post those Instagram stories anyway. You know, like why does it matter what they think of you? I wonder if 
if you were going down, yeah, you probably couldn't be able to get any signal, so you can't just be texting and be like, Homelander's a jackass. He's Yeah, <laughs> fuck this well, guy. And everyone's but well, even if you did, even if you did, like you know, your friend would be like, mm, he was in a bad place and then he died. And, you know, Homelander's still here and like Homelander's gonna give a really good statement written by a very good PR agency who knows what they're doing, and there's gonna be the word sorry six plus times spaced out. No more than two sentences without the word sorry or apology. It's it's very communications and marketing and the whole like that whole aspect of this show is very interesting to me. Like it's super methodical, it's super fucked up. It's not a fun world. Because it's 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 definitely it's more important on how it's the it most seems, important. Yeah, on how you world. seem to be, right? Like doesn't matter exactly what you do, but you have to say the right things, which is probably pretty what we run into these days it's what matters is what people think you did or how people interpret whatever you say or whatever you do and that being said my number two is still well um i am fascinated by her i'm fascinated by this she's very calm she's very good under pressure she's very um she's not authoritarian in that she's bossy but she has a way of controlling the mood and the energy. Mm-hmm. And she's a great multitasker, clearly. You know, moms moms have that ability that the rest of us do not have. And she brings this, like, motherly... Like, it's, it's she is able to justify, I think, a lot of what she does that she knows is kind of fucked up because she thinks it's in the best interest of someone and like she views the american people as like one of her kids in a way and it's like what they don't know what won't won't hurt them you know like we all know santa claus is alive but like we all still participate in it because it's fun you know superheroes are fun i'm i'm interested to see like what her end game is and like her being involved with this defense contract is especially like i don't i haven't gotten past season i mean episode five so i don't know what happens don't ruin it but yeah I'm curious to see what her end game is. Yeah, you know what? I, I was just thinking, and, and you you guys can comment as well. What I liked about Stillwell is that she wasn't kind of uh, portrayed as a very like she was like when you're talking about calmness. I think sometimes there's a tendency if it's uh, um kind of I guess you could say like kind of a a villain executive who's a female that they're really kind of really mean and yelling and stuff like that. You never saw her yell. Never saw her like lose her patience. Like she's always, she's definitely always pushing stuff, you know, where she wanted to go. And even when she wasn't hearing what she wanted to hear, you never saw her like lose her cool, you know? Cause I, and so I, and I appreciate that. It's like, she's a really good manager, you know, at, at what she's doing, you know, even when she's cutting people down, people are just like oh you know like um yeah i so i really like so i would i wish i put still well in there at myself but i did not okay tiff what do you got my number two is queen mave because i think she's really interesting and i actually found her to be um kind of open the lid to like being a multi-dimensional character like there's definitely more to her and they left a bunch of breadcrumbs as to like how she came to be part of the seven and why she's playing the game now and where she really stands and so i think um of all the seven besides homelander she's the one that i've started to like see some dimensionality to and 
different sides too. So I'm interested to see where, where they go with her character. Um, but I do wish Stillwell was my number two. I think that was a much yeah. better number two. Yeah. You got us, Gabby. You got us. Okay. You win. Let's hey, get in. Yeah. Let's get into number one for me. It's Homelander. Um, even though he, just, he, he, even though he isn't like, he's not like quote unquote favorite. He's the most interesting character. And I think without Homelander being who he is, this series is not as good because you mm-hmm, need, right. you need somebody who's like, you know, sometimes villains, they always put villains as like, they, you know, like really kind of one dimensional and stuff like that. And I think like Homelander has a lot of different kind of really effed up layers in there that makes him more interesting. Like, and it, it will continue to come out as you start to learn more and more behind them because you're just like, he has all this power. He has all this adoration. He has all this kind of stuff, but there's something fundamentally is not safe about him. He, there, there's something wrong and he's not wired correctly. He doesn't care. He, do, you know, like what happens if you just put like a yeah. total sociopath with all that power? And this is kind of what happens. You know, he's he's motivated by whatever. He's he he is loyal to Stillwell to almost to a point, but he's always looking out for number one. And he realizes that Vought is the vessel to whatever, like dominate the world or something through movies, through, you know, having, you know, their media empire, you know, it gives him all the apparatus to do what he wants to do. And so I think really without Homelander, the boys is not like, is not the series that it is. And with, with Homelander and with Anthony Starr, being in it, even though he does all this despicable stuff, I mean that's but that's why we're watching, right? You know, it's it's all fiction, it's all fun, and it's fun seeing Homelander be a to- total complete dick, and he's not going to change. He's not going to. You're you're probably not going to see him have. You know, he you're not going to see him like kind of soften up, right? It's almost mm-hmm, him and Billy yeah. Butcher are just going to be, you know, pounding at each other. You know, so that's my number one. And so with that being said, like Billy Butcher is my number one. Ooh. I love Carl Urban, by the way, like uh, not yes, only for Game of Thrones, him. but all, you know, Chronicles of Riddick. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw that. Wait, he was that in Game f- of Thrones. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Ooh, I'm going to oh, have to edit okay. that I out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, and also one of my all time. I'm definitely editing that out. But uh, I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> Dread. Like no. he made he made a Judge Dread movie, which was amazing. It had. Oh. It, it had Cersei from Game of Thrones in it as the villain, <laughs> and yeah, so I love Carl Urban, uh, and so I just wanted to say that. But go on with I, Billy Butcher. So I I love a lot of things about him. I love I he's very charming, and that's part of why he's able to be so successful in this like vigilante role is because he's so charming. Like you can't be Homelander is a force. And that's part of what his success in is that he is strong and he's a force. And like, you just force things to fucking happen and you make it happen. Like that's not going to work for Billy Butcher. Like he has to use his wiles. He has to be creative. His relationships are important. Like the alliances he make are, he makes are important. Like, this is chess for for him, you know, and like watching his his dedication to like his ultimate goal, like his like his true essence of what he thinks is like success and like the way he's able to manipulate the factors around him and the people around him and like 
keep his eye on the prize. Like, I'm just curious to see like where he goes with all of that. Like, and then what happens when he, like, if he, if he succeeds, like, does his, like, because I feel like this is just his entire personality is based in defeating somebody else or something else. And like, he is not a person in his own right. Like his personhood is defined by external factors, you know? And like, we all know that's not a healthy way of being. So like what next, you know? And like, is he going to pass the torch to Huey? And like, then what's he going to do? Like, again, is he going to get on match.com? Is he going to figure shit out? Like, what's he going to do? Like, I, I, I'm interested to see like, because he's a force to be reckoned with. And the fact that he is not forceful, he is methodical and he's making moves. And like, he's clearly seeing success, like incremental success quietly but still and so eventually eventually this is all gonna work out i hope in his favor and then what i don't know so i like billy big fan of billy and he's hot <laughs> yeah uh you guys know my number one so spice girls you know it's the spice girls references <laughs> those, those made me so happy that's where i really was like okay i can i can finish the rest of the show for sure i'm hooked now because I loved it. it. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of the rest of the show, we are at the end of this show. So, Tiff, Gabby, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being what on. a pleasure. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and once again, uh, listeners, you made it this far. Please rate, review, subscribe. Please. Follow Please all of them. us on all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, next, next episode, we'll say that in the beginning. We'll give all of our handles or our tweeters or our hash browns, whatever. That, that, our tweeters. Yeah. I'm sure that we were charming enough. To <laughs> All, All right. four of our listeners. All right. We'll be back yep. in a couple days before yeah. the season premiere on September 4th. Thank you and have a good night. Thank you.